0: Was there an Adam? Was there an Eve? Or did we evolve from what we conceived? Either way, we got what we
1: needed when the sun shone down on the Garden of Eden. <clears throat> hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. It's Harvey Sluggo. i back for the 126th Green Grassroots Emergency Election Protection Coalition Zoom call. We got a Uh, 45 people with us uh, already. to start. We have a giant, a full agenda. I want to remind everybody that next week um, uh, we will not be meeting. uh, But I will be on PRN, by the way. All my PRN listeners, we will do a PRN show next week. We'll have something available for you. But uh, all the live participants, next week is President's Day. Um, uh, George and Abe, uh, we will be celebrating their birth. And uh, we will not meet, but the week after we will meet. And we will have a new link. We're going to have a new uh, uh, home uh, on Zoom that accommodates up to 1,000 people. And um, um, we will be um, e- easily gotten in that way. <laughs> when do you eat them in? Uh, there we go. Okay. You, well, we'll try again next week. You, uh, <laughs> it's good to see everybody. Glad to, glad to have you with us. We have a very, very packed agenda, uh, as always. Um, uh, I did very quickly I want to mention that. I just saw a quote. Uh, We could we could have a very deep discussion about this sort of. I just saw a quote from Barack Obama about UFOs, uh, where he admitted that there's a whole pile of stuff on file in the federal government that they can't explain. So uh, once they stop shooting stuff down, maybe we'll figure out what's really up there uh, in the sky. But uh, very interesting topic we will deal with at some point. We're going to start with a quick report. From New York State on new uh, voter le- uh, legislation, we can go to Rachel um, uh, Coyle in Ohio to talk about <laughs> you couldn't We now know that, by the way, we've got to thank Ohio, which has always been uh, you know, a, a test market state, for establishing the price of a legislature. <clears throat> the price of the legislature in Ohio is 61 million dollars. So for 61 million dollars, you can get the Ohio legislature basically to do anything. And that's what we're seeing the trial in, in Columbus about. And uh, Rachel Coyle is gonna fill us in on that. And we're gonna be joined by Paco from uh, Our Revolution, gonna update us on, on what they're doing. Uh, we talk a bit about adjunct union uh, movement, which is actually a very big deal uh, to someone like me and maybe some of you. <clears throat> I taught adjunct for <clears throat> 14 years and my pay didn't change in 14 years. Uh, uh, and uh, never had any benefits except the ability to use the gym. So we'll talk about that. And um, we also will hopefully finally get to our discussion. It's been billed three times on the use of the F word, meaning fascism. And with the rise of Ron DeSantis in particular, we are a nonpartisan call, but we can discuss individual politicians. And the question of when and where we use uh, the term fascism uh, does have relevance. So Let's jump right in now. Julie Weiner from New York um, is going to fill us in on legislation there. And then we're going to go to Rachel Coyle. We'll keep an eye out for Paco from our revolution. And then in the second hour um, we're going to start with the great Linda Gunter. Talk about these earthquakes in Turkey, not only uh, what their impact in Turkey, but also what would have happened if they had happened here. God help us with the nuclear plants. New news from Diablo Canyon. We're going to talk about this Ohio spill, which is really mind-boggling, and then we get with Tatanka to and Ben Eichler, Eichler to talk about uh, California stuff uh, in particular. Got a lot. And Ron Leonard is with us. <clears throat> we have reached the point now. Major article in the New York Times. Shocking to me. Uh, I didn't think this was going to happen a while, but according to the New York Times, the price of buying an electric car is now about the same as buying a gas car. I mean, the, uh, the technology has really flown ahead. And that's a very big big deal that I wanted to talk about with Ron Leonard, along with, the again, the ongoing question of changes in battery technology. So uh, as usual, a, a very full boat. Again, we won't meet next week, and we'll have a new leak in two weeks. But let's rock and roll here. Julie Wiener in New York, uh, two minutes on uh, latest um, uh, 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 legislation on voting in in New York state. Hi. Yes.
2: Well, the good news is that the, um, the, what we were calling the hybrid ban bill, which was has now passed the Senate twice and was defeated in the assembly under the very strong influence of lobbyists for a voting machine company um, has been resubmitted. Um, It, if people want to support it, Uh, if New Yorkers listening want to support it, it's Senate Bill S-2385. So let the senators know that you would appreciate it uh, passing again. Um, And we're going to be, we'll be working to get it through the assembly too. Um, It's more of an uphill battle, unfortunately, because of the lobbyist influence. They brilliantly hired a former um, leading assembly member to lobby um, against the bill. But at least it's been resubmitted so we have a chance we're trying to get the senate to to forbid to ban the use of these voting of these voting machines that have you know of any voting machines that um count votes with barcodes or that um, slide your ballot under a printer after you cast it um make sure that the 36 million dollars in federal funds that the state's been given for technology and election security improvements are not used for an insecure voting machine. So and then the um, the bad news is that it's now been a year, a little over a year, that um, election commissioners, boards of elections here uh, have been required to hand count, the ballots in close margin elections. So the budget two years ago said you gotta hand count if there's a half a percent difference between candidates. Well, they've had some experience now in a few small elections and one seven county um, judicial election, hand recounting, and in a number of primaries, hand recounting, and needless to say, the election commissioners are not happy doing it. It's not as easy as sliding ballots into a scanner again. So the legislature to please the commissioners had already um, eviscerated our audit law by by allowing the, our 3% of voting machines audit to be done by, um, um, scanners like clear ballots. And now they wanna do the same thing to have our, to call it a recount by just sliding ballots into a, into a computer again. So we're urgently trying to oppose allowing, um, allowing our hand recount or any of our hand recount to be done by a voting, by a machine what the what they've proposed is that only the very very tightest elections a quarter of a percent be allowed to use require a hand recount so other between a quarter and a half a percent they want it to be by machine so we're trying to oppose that you know that i i i was shocked to hear one of our leading election commissioners tout this bill as <laughs> As being the same as Florida's margin of, <laughs> margin oh, that's of right. We, we need
1: we need Florida as a as an example. How to yes. It.
2: Okay, yes. Julie. And so uh, so you know we've got new. How,
1: Julie, how do people get a hold of you? How do they plug in with um with your work in New York? I'm sure okay. we have some New Yorkers. You on. can
2: contact me at jwvoting at gmail or look at citizensvotingny.org that's our You'll that's that the my website sure
1: if you put that in the t- thank you very much Julie. we really appreciate You're welcome. it welcome and uh we we hope that uh, new york will rejoin the union in uh, 2024 um okay uh, speaking of the union we have a, a report from ohio uh, this falls in the department of in the uh category of you couldn't make this stuff up just for quick background um the uh, utility of uh, uh, First Energy, uh, also known as First Enema, um, um, went in and wanting a, a thousand, a billion dollar bailout. And <laughs> they got it, of course, from the legislature. And and, the, and one I, whoever this FBI agent deserves a Nobel Prize, but somebody in the FBI revealed that the Speaker of the House, Larry Householder, aptly named, um, uh, took a $61 million, count them, $61 million bribe from First Energy to get this billion-dollar bailout through the legislature. And, um, I mean, the amazing thing is it became public. Larry Householder has never gone to jail. Um, uh, they didn't even want to remove him from Speaker, <laughs> Speaker of the House. They, they wanted him to stay, but, you know, whatever. So we now have this incredible trial going on in Columbus, Rachel, um, uh, can you tell us uh, which what you're, you're with a, a newsletter called How Things Work at the State House, at the Ohio State House. And as mentioned, um, I grew up in Columbus and I used to go in to the legislature and have conversations with people, but at some point they enacted a law requiring a lobotomy to be in the Ohio legislature. So uh, it's a little difficult now to communicate, but Rachel, will you tell us what the latest is in this insane situation?
3: Sure, yeah. So the one thing that folks should know is that this is being called uh, the first major dark money prosecution in the country. So this trial will have major implications for states across the country. Uh, There is a really interesting Bloomberg article I'm gonna put in the chat about how this will have serious impacts on how Citizens United is interpreted going forward because Larry Householder's lawyers are essentially arguing that he was just performing politics as usual, that he took <laughs> campaign donations, you know, that and once you get elected from the, you you give back to the people who donated to you, that that's just how it goes. Um, and so it, that is a quite an argument to, to make, especially as we learn more, you know, we learn that First Energy and Ohio's utility companies were not only giving to Householder, they were directly lobbying and giving money, significant money, to all the major Republicans in the state. Governor DeWine is directly implicated. Um, uh, Auditor uh, Faber, like everyone is is connected to this now. Um, Attorney General Dave Yost, uh, Secretary of State Frank LaRose, literally every major official in the state um, was connected to this, this scandal and so now but the question, it also included <coughs> Sam
1: Randazzo, yes. who's the head of the Public Utilities Commission. So here, the Public Utilities Commission is supposed to be the watchdog on stuff like that, and they gave gave him four million dollars. Yep.
3: And the question becomes: Is that just a campaign donation, and you know, then passing a bill that your supporters like, or is it corruption? So if Larry Householder ends up winning this case. We are in big trouble as far as prosecuting corruption going forward. Uh, We also are seeing that Larry Householder's attorneys, at least for the first few days, were trying very hard. Um, They realized that this judge is not their fan. Um, So they were trying essentially to win on appeal. They were pulling some really childish uh, tricks that I've never seen before. They were clicking their pens. They were making weird faces to try and distract the jury while their their opponents were talking. It was fascinating to watch. Um and the Did judge got three of them through a moon. Yeah. So I, I so. <laughs> the judge got really angry. I mean the judge was like, what is happening? This is supposed to be a professional setting. And you could tell that they were essentially they know they're going to lose this level of trial and they're going to try and go win on appeal. Um, They now are, of course, making the argument that none of this matters. Uh, They're actually using the fact that DeWine and so many other Republican officials are connected to this case to make their argument to say, you know, are you going to arrest everyone or are you just going to use Householder as the scapegoat for something that was totally legal and everyone does? And it really is going to be unbelievably impactful on all future corruption cases uh, going forward. So we will have to see. I'm putting some links in the chat um, because everyone should be reading about this. If you haven't yet, uh, would love for folks to share. I've got a TikTok video I'm gonna share, uh, but we also have some timeline articles. Don't mind my cat in the background that um will give a good background on this. It honestly has everything. There was literally one of the people who was arrested with Larry Householder uh, ended up taking his own life. And oh, yeah. he did so wearing a Mike DeWine for governor t-shirt. Uh, <laughs> and then he released a, after his death, he released a tell-all book hauling out all of his Republican counterparts saying that they were implicated in this trial. And it is just truly, you couldn't write a movie better than this. Um, and so uh, we should all just be the the action call to action is to share information about this story, let everybody know about it, make sure that people are following this and know just how big of a deal it is for Citizens United going forward. And uh, we'll keep you updated. I don't know how it's going to get crazier than it already is, but
1: I'll let you know. So <laughs> well, Lorenzo is, is going to talk to us about Peru. This sounds very similar to a lot of stuff that when it goes on in Peru, but I didn't householder use some of the money uh, to like fix his house?
3: Yes, he used a significant amount of money, not just his house, but his a beach house in Florida. He fixed up a lot um, using some of this money. And his argument is, you know, it, it was connected to his campaign. It was like a relaxing spot for him to work from. Um, so, and if he wins making arguments like that, what won't count as just a campaign contribution, essentially? So this is a trial
1: basically We'd love to play your TikTok, but we're going to be on the radio, so I think it's tough. But if you'll put your uh, chat link in there. So this is basically a trial to legalize bribery.
3: Yes. If householder wins, that would be definitely one of the the outcomes.
1: Man. Jeez. Ruth Strauss, you want to jump in on this, Ruth? And Dennis Bernstein is with us, by the way, from KPFA. Dennis, you might want to meet rachel here uh, uh th- th- this stuff this is this me. is
2: great rachel this is fantastic um but w- can you tell me how can we get the book that about the guy who got published posthumously the one what? who died in the and had the divine shirt on what like,
4: then maybe i got him to heaven i don't know hell maybe i don't know
3: Yeah, so the book is on Amazon. I will put the link in the chat. It's called What Do I Know? I'm Just a Lobbyist. Uh, So it was lobbyist Neil Clark, who was one of the top lobbyists in the state for Republicans, and he worked for uh, lots of organizations. And he, after taking his life in this DeWine shirt, published this book that's now on Amazon, naming pretty much everyone who is currently in elected office in Ohio on the Republican side. Uh, It's unbelievable. Uh, So I'm going to put that link in the chat for anyone who's interested. But they don't care
1: they don't seem to care the guy the guy who was the head of the Columbus public of the ohio public utilities commission sam randazzo who i know personally i used to see him all the time and we'd have these friendly conversations and then he'd go up and 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 sabotage renewables i mean this guy sam randazzo is really a piece of work and and, um he's the head of the knowing that he was totally anti-solar, um, they, they put him in as the head of the Public Utilities Commission. And he's completely sabotaged. Um, you know, Ohio, I have to mention this, Ohio has the potential for more than $4 billion worth of uh, wind development in the northern part of the state on farmland that, where the farmers are desperate to have this wind energy. Uh, The the windmills in northern Ohio on the land in the north coast could power the whole state. And with a single sentence in the Ohio code, they have stopped four or five billion dollars worth of wind development for it's getting on eight, nine years now. And they're not developing wind in in the lake, which is a phenomenal resource. And they just killed a major solar project in southern Ohio. I mean, it is, a, a, a talk about Loditism, and these guys are all getting money, for, direct money now, from, from the utility company, which changed its name and fired its president, and that's about it.
3: Yes, they changed their name to Energy Harbor or something vaguely, kind of like First Energy, um, which is going to make it harder to prosecute them. I also just put a link in the chat about, it's a a Grist link talking about the bill itself and how it harms renewable energy in Ohio, all the bailouts that it does. Um, And Ohioans are still paying for this. You mentioned that earlier. We are still paying in our increased energy rates, utility rates uh, for this bill because it was never fully repealed. They passed a a soft repeal that didn't actually lower anyone's rates or or do much of anything at all.
1: So they did not, so uh, First Energy waltzes in, hands $61 million to the Speaker of the House, gets HB6 basically passed, which among other things uh, subsidizes two coal-burning plants, which are ancient, uh, one of which is in in Indiana. Yep. I mean, yep. Ohio ratepayers are subsidizing a coal-burning power plant in Indiana, based on a sixty-one million dollar bribe from the utility company, and it has not been repealed. They're still it's still being subsidized Correct. after all this. I mean, God, you know, uh, living in Ohio became uh, really just hard to take after all those years. You know, um, uh, what what else? Is there here, does this is, have anything to do with the football team or? <laughs> I
3: don't, don't blame the
1: football team. <laughs> oh yeah, do we? Okay, does anybody want to ask about this? Thank you, Ruth, for your question. Uh, Rachel, put, put all the links, especially to your your TikTok in there. I mean, it, it, it's staggering. And this is Ohio. And you have to remember that they just elected to the Senate. I, I'm sorry, this is nonpartisan, but this guy is just so loathsome the guy they they well, elected to, J.D. Vance, and that uh, we'd have a really good senator <clears throat> coming up in 24, Sherrod Brown, who I think would make a great president, actually, and he's got to run for reelection, and the state has just, uh, first of all, what, the gerrymandering in the state, <clears throat> voters, in, and this is really, really important to understand, and we want to talk about the use of referenda going forward, voters in the state of Ohio, passed overwhelmingly by referendum vote two, count them, two uh, laws against gerrymandering, which the legislature completely ignored. And and then there were four or five separate rulings from the Ohio Supreme Court, which has a Republican majority demanding fair districts in Ohio. And the legislature completely blew off. The Ohio Supreme Court and and Ohio is now incredibly gerrymandered, and even after all that. Rachel, is that accurate?
3: Oh, yeah. They just completely ignored Ohio's new constitutional amendment and basically dared uh, the Supreme Court to arrest the governor and the members of the commission. And they wouldn't. Uh, So Ohio has even more gerrymandered maps now than we did before Ohioans passed that new constitutional amendment. Oh, God. It's it's unbelievable. unbelievable. Yeah, it is unbelievable.
1: And the quality of the people in the legislature is abominable. I mean, you know, it's a a tangible feel of deep disgust when you go into the Ohio legislature. I I just even can't even I I have right to speak because I grew up in Columbus. I raised my kids in Columbus. And, you know, it's just an abomination. Dennis, Dennis Bernstein, uh, do you want to speak here on this? Yeah. Oh, I'm just interested in doing the story on the radio. Um, uh, I, I'd like to hit this hard. Uh, I don't know if you. I don't know if you guys have already hit the uh, the spill. Did I miss that part? No, we're going to do it in the second hour. Okay. All right. The, the, the spill is another nightmare, but that's an environmental story. And we want to kind of segue into that in the second okay. hour. Right. Okay. But, I just wanted because that is massive. And as dangerous as all hell. And yes, control. it is. Rachel, nightmare. what's the? are you the best person to articulate this for the radio? Because we would love to get you on. It's great. This. Rachel's great. So, I'd be
3: happy to discuss it, or I can also connect you with some folks who've been working on this Okay. Issue.
1: Well, maybe I'll get you and somebody else. That would be I'm great.
3: Sure. I'll say. put my email in the chat. Okay. you got to remember, this is Ohio. This is
1: not like some marginal. Ohio is probably the 6th or 7th Largest state now, it's smack in the middle. It's been a swing state for decades, and and it, it's we used to have a we had a liberal governor, um, um, uh, Dick Celeste. He was a really good guy. Uh, the only time I've ever been in a state house, actually, the governor of Ohio. This is decades ago. Richard Celeste had been the U.S. ambassador to India, and he met Pete Seeger, the great folk singer, in India, and. Um, Pete played downtown and uh, the, he came back and a whole bunch of us sat on the floor of the uh, governor's mansion singing folk songs. I mean, you know, if we did that today, they'd have to be in German. I mean, it's just unreal. So uh, I, this this breaks my heart uh, uh, talking about Ohio like this, uh, but there it is and it's a huge, you now have a Ohio, Florida access where the unbelievable happens on a regular basis, you know, we have a trial in Columbus, Ohio, of a speaker of a of a state house who took a sixty-one million dollar bribe to stick the people of Ohio with a billion dollar nuclear bailout, where they won't build windmills and where they're killing solar projects. And this is this is the United States of America in Ohio in 2023. It's it's mind-boggling. Uh, Tatanka, do you
5: want to speak on this, Tatanka? Let's well, real, real quick. We're expecting uh, Paco to come in at any moment. So, okay. um, so we can go right back to Tatanka to afterward if, if he comes in the middle.
1: Okay, good. Thank you.
5: I, I don't want... Uh,
0: Harvey, you have what I'm going to say scheduled for hour two. I There is a link though. So I just have to say stay on for hour two because the Koch brothers is just the tip of this melting iceberg. And as we follow the money from Exxon in Switzerland, into the heartland of the USA. This is a story that Romero uncovered a deal with the Swiss government to create a 501c3 where they can dump everything, including their marketing budget, counted as nonprofit and expect it because I heard this in 1978 from a consultant at Stanford Research Institute that in the year 2020, the oil companies are gonna take over the entire energy. They're gonna be pro-solar and there will be these foundations pop up Greenwashed, labor-washed, women-washed, indigenous-washed, everything washed. Tanka,
5: yeah. we're gonna get to this in the second hour and I can't wait to hear that. Nobody leave. But okay. we only have a limited time with Rachel. Hey, so can that's we... all I wanted to say, thanks. Thanks, brother, wonderful.
1: Yeah, so my, my buddy, Dave Saltman, uh, Dave, real quick, if you'll uh, uh, mute. When I was growing up in Columbus, we had a governor named James A. Rhodes. He was a mobster. He was a bagman man for the mob, and he is the guy, this is the governor, he was a two-term governor. He was in there eight years, and he is the guy who set up the killing at Kent State. When, when, when Nixon wanted to rub people out for demonstrating, uh, and Dave Saltman, my buddy here, <laughs> uh, Dave, you want to jump in real quick, then we're going to go to pa- Paco, can you? Tell us what happened when you did an interview with with James A. Logo. Slogo, I just yeah. want
5: to make sure that we're done. Um, that Rachel's had a chance to uh, to sum up.
1: Yes, this, yeah, go ahead, uh, Dave. Give us that, then Rachel, sum up. Uh, this is we'll just very
5: down. brief,
0: but just a little flavor about doing doing journalism or business in Ohio. Back in the day, uh, I used to work as a, a reporter for Drew Pearson and Jack Anderson, and uh, I was doing a story in Columbus. Investigating the uh, governor James Rose, who was a two-term excuse, excuse
5: me. This sounds like like we're going to give it short shrift. Yeah, go ahead. Stick around and, 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 and he's going to tell us. Go ahead. And there's, there's only one sluggo We way. only get Sluggo. We got four minutes left with Paco. Rachel has to say goodbye. Let's have a little bit of order here. So, okay, go ahead. They we'd just love just to have you continue the story and give it the time it deserves when we're not under the gun. So look a little bit later, would be great.
1: Dave, you had your tires slashed, is is that right? Yes, slashed your tires. Okay, thank you. Rachel, uh, say goodbye if you will, and then we'll go to um, uh, 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 Paco. And Dave Solomon, if you'll stay with us, we'll come back to you. Go ahead.
3: Of links in the chat would love for folks to share those. Lots of them uh, give a great timeline of Ohio's corruption scandal for the last several years. Uh, just the big ask is to tell everyone that this is happening so that they know and can follow along. And thank you for having me, Rachel.
1: You're great, thank you. We, uh, will you come back in two weeks and give us an update? Sure. Um, ho- hopefully, uh, they'll be perp walking Larry Household to prison at the time. Um, okay, thank you so much, Dave Saltman. We'll come back to you. I want to hear more about that story. And uh, Paco Fabian, Mike, if you'll introduce Paco, that'd be great.
5: I just want to say Paco is an absolute genius. He's our political secret weapon on the left to outmaneuver all the Bannons and uh, all the other uh, masterminds that they have on the far right wing. He keeps uh, progressives going and fired up. He keeps neoliberals honest, if that's even possible to do. And I'm looking (laughs) forward to... Paco telling us about what our revolution is up to. One of the most exciting, vital, and influential and important organizations out there, our revolution. Uh, Paco, you're the political director?
6: I'm the campaigns and communications director. I wear lots of different hats. but
5: uh... Wonderful. Those are two of the most important things going on (laughs) in one of the most important organizations we have. So uh, I don't want to take any more of your time. Uh, Take it away, Paco.
6: Well, thank you, uh, Mike, and thanks, everybody here. I uh, feel like I'm among siblings with you guys. Our Revolution and PDA have been working closely together in several uh, places around the country, and we continue to do so at the national level as well. So uh, super happy to be here with you guys this evening <clears throat> or late afternoon, depending on where you are. Uh, so at Our Revolution, we've been um, you know, working on a few things, one is trying to, um, you know, we have a four point plan of action, right? Which involves uh, obviously growing the grassroots and growing our membership across the country, getting more people involved and in, in fighting for progressive policies, uh, electing progressive champions, right? And we had a really good uh, run in 2022. Uh, we got folks like Greg Kassar from Texas into Congress, uh, Summer Lee, which you guys I think helped as well. Um, and several others, right? Uh, we grew the, the uh, progressive bench in Congress by nine members, which is great, even though, uh, you know, the Democrats lost control of the House. We grew the progressive bench, so um, that's great. And, uh, you know, we campaigned on our issues, right? We fought really hard against Joe Manchin's dirty deal towards the end of last year. We were able to defeat it not once, not twice, but three times, uh, and we hope to continue doing that as we go forward. So all that is is thanks to several of you who have helped us do that in Maryland and other places. So really appreciate the work that you've been doing uh, with us. So coming up next, right? So today is 2-13, February 13th. You know what else is two thirteen? anybody? It's the Federal Minimum Wage for Tip Workers. It's $2.13 an hour, which is despicable, horrible, unacceptable. And uh, we've partnered with One Fair Wage, which is an organization that's run by Saru Jarayaman. And uh, we are working with them to try and raise, uh, eliminate the tip minimum wage in in several different locations. Uh, Tomorrow is, as many of you know, the hallmark holiday of Valentine's Day. And uh, we're gonna have uh, activity happening in several different states uh, across the country I'm putting it all in the chat right now. Uh, Baltimore, New York, Michigan, and Chicago are the ones that we're sort of anchoring. But there's activity all over the country where um, tipped workers are gonna be going to either their state capitals to talk about why we need to pass uh, or eliminate passes legislation that eliminates the tip minimum wage, or they're going to be doing events outside of the National Restaurant Association uh, headquarters in those states. I don't know if you guys got a chance to read a few weeks ago the New York Times story that came out, an expose on how the National Restaurant Association uh, basically forces food service workers to go through a safety training and has raised $25 million doing that. And then turns around and uses some of those funds to lobby against raising the minimum wage or eliminating the tip minimum wage. So it's pretty despicable that they're using workers' own money to fight against them. You know, folks like Bernie and Elizabeth Warren, Jeff Merkley and others um, recently sent a letter to the National Restaurant Association calling on them to, um, you know, to stop doing this and, and calling for an investigation on why they're doing it. Uh, and we're hoping to, to you know, push at the state level, given that, you know, Congress, unfortunately, is now divided. You know, we Democrats don't control the, the House, still control the Senate. Uh, and so we're going uh, in 2023 down to the state level and trying to push ballot measures, ballot initiatives, and legislation to try to end the tip minimum wage. And speaking of legislation or the lack of uh, on the federal level, uh, we are also starting to develop uh, a plan to push Biden on executive actions. Uh, we saw what happened recently in Ohio, and I maybe caught the very last of it with the corruption that your previous uh, guest was talking about. But we saw also the trend derailment that happened uh, in Ohio. Um, yeah, we'll week. be
1: talking about that in our second hour.
6: Great. Well, I mean, I won't get too much into it then. But, um, you know, there's a reason that, Uh, stock buybacks were illegal until 1982 right the company that runs that particular railroad spent 10 billion dollars on buybacks just recently and not on safety and security or workers rights even though and they actually ended up firing a bunch of workers as well Uh, they fired inspectors the folks that are in charge of making sure the trains are safe to run um all this to do stock buybacks, so um that kind of stuff is unacceptable we're going to be pushing Biden on executive actions we recently did a, a survey of our membership and the number one issue where we have our own call happening in a, a couple of hours with our members uh and i'm going to give you a little bit of a preview of that um you know ending fossil fuel uh subsidies uh, you know preventing um new fossil fuel projects on federal lands. Uh, All of that stuff is very top of mind for our folks and something that we're probably going to be pushing Biden Biden on uh, here in 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 2023 and beyond, Uh, as well as taxing the rich, which he's mentioned in a State of the Union address. It was great to hear. Now let's get it done, right? So there's a lot of stuff that Biden can do through executive action, and we'll be pushing him to take as much of that as he can.
1: The focus of your organization, which and you'll you'll put the links in the chat, is is basically grassroots campaigning. Is that correct?
6: And- Among other things, yeah, grassroots campaigning. You know, for issues, uh, grassroots campaigning for you know progressive candidates at you know all levels of government. Um, yeah.
1: Okay, good. So as you know, we are pushing um, the grassroots uh, control. Uh, of the monitoring of our elections uh, with uh, hand-marked paper ballots that are digitally scanned. And we also are pushing that to um, transfer the money that people would give to progressive campaigns to door-to-door relational grassroots organizing uh, with democracy centers. And we've coordinated with the uh, Georgia NAACP and with the uh, Center for Common Ground. And this is the primary focus, and we, of course, know, we can see that there's great overlap uh, with with what you do, and we are trying to establish now a, a coalition um, of the Alliance for Grassroots Democracy, which will go into 24 with a, an apparatus that can funnel grassroots support to uh, a, a grassroots campaigning and not have it wasted on media buys anymore, and I, I can see there's a great simpatico here, am I correct?
6: Absolutely. Look, we've, you know, done partnerships like that with candidates uh, in 2022, where, um, you know, we helped run their phone banks, we helped run their door knocking operations, and we were able to win, right, which is great. Uh, It kind of proves that, you know, that money is much better spent than millions of dollars on TV ads, right? Exactly. um,
1: Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, Myla Reeson has her hand up. Myla Reeson, did you want to have... A comment for Paco here?
4: Yeah, I have a question. Thank you, Harvey. Please. And thank you, Paco. Um, when you talked about the what what's on your agenda, yeah. I am uh wondering whether you are looking at all on the fact that nuclear power is crowding out renewables. And not only is it crowding out renewables because resources are you know. Nuclear uh, energy is so expensive and it just can't compete. And we really need to address our climate crisis and not be deterred by having all of that money sucked into the nuclear power industry. And unfortunately, Biden is, um, you know, Biden and many Democrats and many progressives for that matter are pushing for. Um, money, the federal budget being allocated for new nuclear power and to subsidize these decrepit, dangerous plants. And Harvey and I and others on this call are uh, five hours away from uh, having a radioactive plume hit where we live if something goes terribly wrong at PG&E's decrepit Diablo Canyon nuclear power plant. So my question is, is uh, our revolution going to address this topic as well?
6: Well, look, I mean, I, I think I mentioned earlier, right? Uh, we've been pushing against mansions, what what even our, our friends in Congress call, you know, permitting reform, uh, which is really uh, a ploy to, uh, you know, allow more fossil fuel, more nuclear energy projects to go forward and in some ways kneecap um, you know, renewable energy project. Right? If you, I don't know if you got a chance to read the fine print or the bill that Manchin proposed, but um, you know, there were uh, a very limited amount of uh, new permitting reforms for renewable energy, and most of the permitting reform that was going to be allowed was for fossil fuel and for nuclear. So. Uh, That's something uh, that's, of course, a concern to us and something we'll be campaigning for. And absolutely, look, I mean, our environment is in uh, danger. Our planet's in danger. Um, You know, it's been the mildest winter I've ever experienced in the United States. Uh, And things are about to get worse. The summer's probably going to be a very, very warm summer. And so, um, yeah, absolutely. Anything we can do to try and um, prevent that from happening, we will.
1: And now I I, I see uh, Mike Fox, uh, the great Mike Fox from PDA, is filling the chat with no nuke uh, messages here. So, um, and we're in the second hour. We're going to have a big talk about the the nuclear power industry, as especially in the light of these earthquakes in um, in in Turkey. If those earthquakes that hit California, uh, all of California will be covered in radiation right now. So we we really uh, 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 need your need to be. Coordinated with this uh, uh, with our revolution and PDA and and our calls to shut these reactors down. Wendy Lederman, you got a hand, uh, Wendy?
7: Thank you. Um, yeah, thanks for being with us. And um, I definitely echo uh, everything that was just said about the nuclear. I wanted to just bring um, quickly another point that's been kind of a silent killer taking over, which is the um like the public pri- public private partnerships, the P 3s where you have um all these new resources for drinking water particularly that's what happened here in Fort Lauderdale just this week um there was like a really shady really shady vote um to privatize the drinking water for seven cities and um it kind of came um without warning to most people and they're using really toxic chemical disinfectants and it's going to rates are going to go up 140% it's, it's crazy and the point is, is that this is a template everywhere and they're so deceitful about doing it and it's like I run a water farm, so I'm seeing people like terrified they're not going to be able to drink, afford their drinking water. They might lose their property because the, they can't keep it up to code. And so um, it's, it's, it has a lot to do with accountability, where it's the public, vital public resources and assets too, like public land are getting sold off to these multinational corporations. For us, it was Israel. And there's a lot of resources that the EPA just put out, particularly for drinking water. And, and other things like that. So we're like the micro um, for the macro, but that's what's happening here. And um, I've talked about it a few times that I was on Dennis talking about it too. Um, but these are just important things that I would really like to see highlighted as much I'd like the nuclear thing is is super important too. But just wanted to let you know that that's happening everywhere where um producing people won't be able to afford basic things. So thank right. you.
1: Another thing we wanted to get, thank you, Wendy. Wendy's doing an incredible job. On the ground in, in Florida, trying to protect water. We want to think about, in terms of strategies, <clears throat> for once, you know, the progressive movement is a, a bit ahead of the curve here. We've got a year and a half to go to the election of 24. And one of the things that came up last week, last week was the possible use of referenda to build a grassroots turnout, specifically on four issues. Um, uh, I'm sure there are others, but the primary four are choice, and we we know that the uh, uh, abortion referendum had a huge impact in Michigan uh, in this last election. And uh, you know, there I think what we want to do, and I uh, I haven't talked to, to about this in more detail, but we want to research all the referendum requirements in all the states that have referenda that allow them. That, not all. Not all the states do, of course, but there, it will be choice. It will be gerrymandering. Michigan also had a gerrymandering referendum, <clears throat> as did Ohio. We just mentioned that the Ohio legislature is ignoring the, the wishes of both the public and the Supreme Court, state Supreme Court in Ohio, on gerrymandering. A pot, you know, I all the legal, I think only one state has turned down a legal pot referendum, one or two. And and uh, Medicaid expanding Medicaid, so with those four referenda issues, you got the young people with the pot, you have got um, uh, women with uh, choice, you've got the older people with Medicaid a- expansion, and um, and people all the gerry- all the anti gerrymandering referenda passed. So what we want to start to research in the next you know month or two. Is where we could have these referendums and what the requirements are. Uh, we discussed it at, at last week uh, in one of the states, but we need to know this everywhere. And this, of course, might be something that our revolution would be interested in, in coordinating with.
6: Look, we've—I <clears throat> mentioned right that we are going to be pushing ballot measures in yes. um, in several places, in several states around uh, eliminating the tip minimum wage. Right. Uh, that's. Right. You know, raising wages is something that our our membership is really uh, excited about and uh, can certainly help, you know, with turnout. Uh, It's going to help hopefully in 2023, but I think in several places we are trying to get it in 2024. We're in the process of collecting signatures for those. Um, And we saw, you know, some energy around that uh, in California with Proposition 22, which was the gig worker, um, you know, ballot measure in California, which... Uh, lost, but lost because, you know, the gig economy companies threw millions and millions of dollars into trying to muddy the waters of what it meant. Uh, And we're going to have to deal with that, right? Whether it's with choice or any of the other uh, ballot measures or referenda that you mentioned, Um, we're going to have to be very vigilant and be very careful about how we message them and, and make sure that, you know, that message doesn't get muddled by the other side and their millions
1: of dollars. Well, let's let's um, um, let's coordinate on that because this is a year and a half strategy, but we, in general we we only have about a year in many cases to get the and, and very large numbers of signatures. Right. So let's coordinate on that. We will be talking more about that in these calls. I did want to mention it here, and we'll be and um, those are the four primary topics. But certainly minimum wage is going to be a big deal. And we had an instance here in California. We had a very good the Tonka knows about a very good referendum. We had here uh, that the governor um, uh, to take money to tax the rich to do something for the public, and the governor jumped in and killed it, you know, just put all, everything he had into preventing the California uh, 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 populace from taxing rich people. It's outrageous. And this, this is what we faced. No, no um, uh, mysteries here. We've got 73 people on the call. We're near the end of our session that's got on the Progressive Radio Network. Thank you, everybody, for listening. You've got see the rest of this uh, conversation, go to um, uh, grassrootsep.org or electionprotection2024. Paco, is there anything else you want to throw in? You've got all your contacts in the chat, right?
6: I haven't, I'll put them in right now. You can reach me at uh, Revolution. I'll put my email there.
1: And and we've got Mike, Mike Fox in the chat from PDA, which is great.
6: And uh, uh, yeah, no, just thank you for everything you guys are doing, um, for, for all the work we've done together uh, over, you know, the lifespan, really, of our revolution, which will start in 2016. So I know PDA has been around uh, much longer than that, but really appreciate uh, being able to work with you guys on all of these issues and look forward to seeing you guys at the barricade soon.
1: Great, great, great. Paco, Hi. I think we have a question for Frank Morrow, then we're going to get a report from Lorenzo in Peru. But um, um, Paco, uh, Frank, did you wanna ask Paco something? Frank?
0: Yeah, yeah, I did. I just wanted to uh, let him know that um, the uh, referendum on marijuana, that is the legalization uh, for recreational purposes here in Florida is on track. Uh, They organized themselves back in September of last year and they've already gotten enough signatures to where they can get it to the Florida Supreme Court. The Florida Supreme Court has to review it and determine whether or not it meets the requirements uh, to get it onto the ballot. And if it does, uh, then they have until February 1st of next year to get all of the signatures that they need to put it on the ballot for November of 2024. Now there's a, a little bit of a Hitch in this is that uh, uh, we have a uh, an attorney general Ash- Ashley Moody uh, who um, has to be notified by the Secretary of State that this has actually happened, and then they've got 30 days. She has 30 days to notify the Florida Supreme Court, and then it's up to the Florida Supreme Court uh, to go ahead and schedule, um, you know, oral arguments. Uh, you know, to go ahead and uh, have the issue heard before the court. And uh, that's, and you can be sure that there probably will be uh, opponents to this. So therefore, you know, they have to allow for time for, for that. And then hopefully they'll get the signatures in time for November 2024. But what would be good is in connection with all the other referenda, that we're, we're going to be talking about eventually is that if we could work in coordination with what these folks have been able to do already, um, so that we can maybe even go back to the same people that have signed this particular petition and get them to sign the others, because I think there's a lot of common interests, you know, in what they're doing with what we're doing, and that's all I've I have never,
1: to. Say. Oh, sorry, thank you, Frank. I think what we're going to do, Frank, and that's great information, is in the coming uh, session, I want to remind people, we're, we're not going to meet next week. We will meet in two weeks. We will have a new link. You may want to update your Zoom, as Steve points out in the chat here. Uh, Zoom um, has been updated on February 6th, so everybody needs to know that. I think what we'll do in PALCO, if you'll join us uh, in, the, in a few weeks, we'll, we'll have a session just on referenda and, and go state by state and make sure that all the grassroots organizers know what the requirements are. And, and maybe we can really build a strong phalanx of, of in, in key states of referenda upcoming that will have an impact, now, that, that's a major strategy. I remember in Ohio, we used to every, every few years, there'd be like the group of stoners would get together and say we should have a referendum, and they could never get it together to go out. I was too stone to go out and get signatures, but that's no longer the case. So we're down to business here. Paco, great to have you on with us. Thank you so much. And we, Thank you we, all, we,
6: and I uh, look forward to seeing you guys soon. And
1: Paco,
5: we, real, real quick, Justin, could, you, could you give us the, uh, the the website for Our Revolution? Yeah. Sure, our, it's just
6: ourrevolution.com. Uh, I'll put it in the chat as well. Should I spell it right? There you go. And thank
5: you so much, Paco. We look forward to hearing from you again in a couple of weeks. Uh, this is a great kind of appetizer for the for the good times to come. And Absolutely. I understand you're at your kid's soccer practice.
6: Actually, he went with a friend, so I guess oh, okay.
5: I
1: we'll with, you, with us if you want to report. We're getting a quick report from Peru on from Lorenzo. And then we're going to talk about uh, nuclear power and, um, uh, and the and the spill in Ohio. Uh, uh, as we proceed. So we still have 74 people on the call. Justin, I got your thing in the uh, chat there. Can you hold it for a couple of minutes? That would be great. I do want to give um, uh, Lorenzo a chance to update us on Peru. And then we're going to be joined by Linda Gunter and talk about the quakes in in um, Turkey and what they say about nuclear power. And we we'll do the spill in Ohio. Uh, are you listeners at PRM, if you'll join us, Uh, You can pick up the the rest of this at uh, electionprotection2024.org. Thank you so much. And thank you again, Paco. We look forward to seeing you again. But stick with us if you want. We're glad to have you on with us. Since your kids have got off at soccer, we can, uh, you know, you can have some time. Okay, Lorenzo, go ahead, please. Lorenzo, Peru guy, what's the latest from Peru? The Peru
8: guy. Okay, thank you very much uh, for having me. Uh, the situation in Peru continues more or less to be uh, not any different from what I reported last week in the terms that the struggle continues, La Luta continua, and uh, uh, the things are uh, becoming so uh, eh, eh, difficult uh, for the government to uh, be able to control what, what's happening and uh, uh, I read an article today in the Financial Times that uh, uh, gives the impression from uh, the article that uh, uh, the situation in, in the, for the government is uh, almost uh, bordering in the, unsustainable. Uh, uh, copper mines are closing. Peru is the second copper uh, pro, uh, producer in the world. Uh, the copper mines are closing. The agricultural losses are of uh, 300 million dollars. Uh, the, the tourism is down almost to zero. Uh, so the economy is uh, definitely uh, in a very difficult uh, position. Uh, the, the the government continues to uh, uh, in- intensify its uh, uh, repression. Uh, the, uh, the, they are all now uh, going to. Uh, Pedro Castillo is in, Pedro Castillo, the former president, the guy who was uh, uh, deposed on December seventh, uh, is now being added uh, even more uh, penalties. Uh, part of it is because uh, he uh, uh, gave an interview to an, a, a newspaper from Spain. And uh, where he criticizes the government, and uh, they said that he wasn't. Uh, the, the main thing uh, on, that we need to remember on, on this deal And uh, is that um, uh, the same thing happened to Lula in Brazil. I mean, is what uh, we are calling lawfare. Uh, you know, instead of w- waging wa- warfare, they are uh, using the law. To uh, cramp down on uh, on uh, popular uh, leaders. Now, um, mm-hmm. one of the things that 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 is important uh, in terms of uh, 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 considering what's happening there. In instead of like the Cuban Revolution, uh, you know, the the popular forces had an army. Uh, uh, Peru uh, popular forces don't have an army but they are in a, a position of uh, being able to, uh, because of the, the amount of support, which in, 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 in terms is, is, is kind of uh, unbelievable. I mean, uh, the, 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 okay. people are, are defying everything. And uh, uh, so they have been able to, even when people are, get uh, arrested, they have been able to assault uh, the police stations and and get the people out. And uh, and Boy. in the last week, since the last time that we we talk, two times that 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 thing uh, uh, went on. Uh, so okay. um, again, I have said before. Uh, to me, uh, this is the ultimate class war, uh, using racism as a tool uh, to be able to. Uh, uh convey a, a masses uh, of people no not too different from uh what we have seen in other places uh okay. in, including germany uh okay and uh one of the, the, the last point that i want to and uh, two, two two points i want to make uh sure. one is the uh the 71 percent of the people the polling was done to 71 percent of the people uh, uh, are against uh, the the, cor- the current president, uh, the the interim president, and the Congress. They want the Congress to dissolve. Seventy-one percent of the people. Uh, so the 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 basis for support of the government is uh, very weak. Uh, and the other thing that is very important is that we need to take a a, a, a responsibility on this because uh, definitely behind this coup uh, it was our hand. In, uh, uh, as I said before in a, in a previous meeting, um, um, the ambassador, the U.S. ambassador, met with the, the Peruvian generals that conducted the coup uh, uh, the day before the coup happened. Uh, uh, that was no coincidence. That was a, uh, um, and I have been putting in the chat uh, a petition that Code Pink has put together. Uh, uh to uh protest the the repression going on in Peru for our government uh to take action and uh, this came from uh an action that took place in Congress uh some of the progressive people in Congress uh, uh have uh, 16 of them uh, 23 of them 23 of them uh already uh had spoken uh, in the need for the U.S government to to uh to Uh, suspend all kinds of uh, relationships uh, with Peru, so it doesn't give credibility to the Peruvian uh, government.
1: Thank you, Lorenzo. Thank you also for having me with your group recently. It was a real uh, privilege to speak with you. Your stuff from Peru is really, really, it's amazing that they're at this level now where where the public is overrunning jails and and freeing people, and I have seen no coverage whatsoever. Approach. in the new york times or any of the american media i mean yeah. it, it's mind-boggling to me that a revolution on this level uh could be going on and not being covered at all it's amazing so we and as you say it's a major copper producer peru but we will we will see what happens but uh, please do keep us uh, posted if you will okay okay uh, it's Thank a pleasure to be here with you guys Thank
8: you very much. And thank you for attending our meeting the other night, the harvest.
0: Was there an Adam? Was there an Eve? Or did we evolve from what we conceived?
2: Either way, we got what we needed When the sun shone down on the Garden of Eden